on to Flyover Footy. It has been a wonderful day for me in Santiago. We've had a really fun day with uh, Media Day. There's some really fun announcements that we have. But first, let's go over to Stuart uh, for the twice uh, second time in the last five minutes because of technical difficulties. Sorry, Stu. Uh, but a lot's coming up for you as well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I've been really busy. Um, I made sure to triple check my uh, speed test on my internet today, and I, I got a new microphone, so hopefully my voice is coming through loud and clear. Um, yeah, no, really busy. My uh, my wife is nine months pregnant right now, so um, there's a debut coming uh, soon, and not just the city debut, so uh, we're we're excited and we're busy and we're nervous. So this is our first. So <laughs> it'll be so, interesting. Yeah. So excited for you guys. Um, and yeah, so again, so crazy. I'd forgotten until today that it was due like so close to opening day. I mean, how awesome and how terrible at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah. Sarah actually wants to have the uh, baby at the stadium. So <laughs> we'll see how that works. Uh, hopefully Caleb doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> But Baker knows some doctors who have uh, season tickets, so perfect. You know, it, it'll be fine. We have world class healthcare in, in St. Louis. <laughs> hey, there, there is a plan. There is a plan for that day. Exactly. Um, and also, you know, I had forgotten that you were working on this too, Tifo. Any any spoilers you want to share on on the podcast tonight? Uh no. We've worked really hard to keep things under wraps. So, but we're excited about about a home opener and if anyone wants to get involved in in tifo stuff going forward there's the st louis stl uh sc tifo twitter account so you can follow that and we'll put out some information yeah we've been uh we've been retweeting all that so make sure you if you see that that account retweeted make sure you join it and if we can help out that'd be awesome phil i can say it's gonna look great no spoilers but it's gonna look awesome. I mean, I have full faith, and I'm I'm excited yeah. about any kind of shade that might be thrown, or or any kind of gloating that might be <laughs> thrown out there as well. Either yeah. of those things are are my favorite. So I got faith in you guys. I'm really excited to see it as well. Yeah, yeah. I was actually uh, I was actually able to uh, to go and help uh, paint on Friday night. Oh. And my wife went with me too. Uh, she actually went back on Saturday morning because she she was talking. Um, he was to Cody and he was like, well, I don't know how many people will get. And she was like, well, yeah, I'm going to come back tomorrow. And obviously uh, I was going to be at the stadium, so I couldn't go. But she, uh, she was like, she came home like Saturday afternoon and she was so tired, but she, uh, she really enjoyed it. So I'm really glad she went and made new friends, uh, met some people. So um, that was great. That's so cool. Uh, not everyone's wife gets involved in those kind of things and, and gets involved in our hobbies, right? I think my wife's probably had enough over the years, but that's so super cool that she did that. Yeah. Stuart, has the volunteer level been okay for this one? I know that's probably one of the hardest things about getting involved in TIFO preparation. No, the response has been great. There's uh, a lot of punks have been involved. Uh, Santos um, had a good turnout. Um, some unaffiliated people who heard through the Twitter account or through Luligans or Punks um, came on Friday and Saturday. So uh, good turnout. 
uh, it'll just the big thing going forward is as we're going bigger and bigger and bigger with these is if anyone out there has an air airplane hanger that we can use, uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, we will use it and, uh, we will make these as big as we can, um, until one of us who kind of organizes it has a heart attack. <laughs> Could be impending. Um, yeah, you know what? I know a nonprofit that runs an airplane hangar. Like they provide planes for a nonprofit. Anyway, who knows? Mm. It could happen. That was actually a good shout. Um, all right. Other massive news. As if this news hasn't been big enough today, um, as if it hasn't been important enough. Uh, Santiago, it was announced today that you and uh, your partner at Leader Sports, Hector Vega, is are going to be doing the Spanish broadcast on 102.9 KXOK. Did I get all those details right? You did. Congratulations, yeah. man. This is massive. You've been doing this forever with St. Louis FC, and you know they made the right choice. They brought you guys in and, and got it, got, made it official. Congrats, man. Thank you. Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, very excited and also... Uh, a little bit relieved because uh, obviously I had known for a few days now and uh, the announcement and uh, team has still, was still trying to figure out something. So the announcement took a um, little bit and uh, it was just really hard to uh, keep the secret and not tell anybody. It's funny because on Friday night, uh, Chris Zimmerman was, was asking my wife, and my wife will just look at him and she, she didn't say yes or no. She was just like, the club hasn't announced anything. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, it's great. I'm really excited. Looking forward to um, just uh, calling the games and witness and call, like, like imagine like the first goal at the stadium and all of those milestones. I'm looking forward to uh, calling all of those. So nerve wracking too. Like what like have you thought about what you're going to say do you kind of plan a little bit for like the first goal in the stadium or, or do you just kind of let it try to be as as organic as possible i i do have some ideas but i'm also afraid that when it happens i may forget and it will just come out as something organic and i'm sure it'll be okay but yeah i, I have some i have some ideas and kind of working on some like new material but but yeah, when when it comes to that, like that first goal at the stadium, maybe I won't remember any of that. But we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll let it happen. Uh, and if it's something that I have prepared, great. If if it's not, uh, I'm sure it'll be okay too. Yeah. Who do you think? Who do you predict, or who do you want to score that first goal? So Klaus last week at the presser, uh, he was asked, and he said, obviously that he was going to be that person. And then uh, on Saturday uh, at that friendly, he scored the first goal, but I don't think that one counts. Um, <laughs> but, but at least for the question he was asked, but uh, I have, a, I have a feeling it's going to, it's going to be him. It's going to be him and um, it'll be great. Yeah. I mean, he's been, does he, do you know how many goals he has in preseason actually? He scored, that was his second goal, I believe. Oh. Um, he scored against Philadelphia, and then that goal against Atlanta, and I don't think I'm missing any others, but um, but yeah, it was great to see him scoring. Uh, 
great assist by uh, Leuven, and and yeah, I'm sure we'll be seeing more more of Klaus um, when we get to the presser. We can talk a little bit about it, but he mm-hmm. he seems very confident. Yeah. Um, as he should be, and that's what you want in a striker. That's really cool. So, again, uh, Santiago, congratulations. You know, I was lucky enough to do that one game with you, and I had no idea what I was doing, but you made it easy. And, uh, you know, I knew you were good at your job, but, uh, man, it was just seemed like effortless doing it next to you. So, uh, Thank you, thank you. But So, yeah, looking, looking forward to the first game this Saturday because uh, we'll be doing the, the away games also. Um, we're going to do those from a studio, but mm-hmm. still um, I'll be – doing all the 34 games so i won't miss any any moments <laughs> how great love it uh cool well like you said media day did happen today and uh, we're going to go through a series of topics uh Stuart, make sure you, you chime in and, and we'll be talking about some of our experiences today as well the first one on the docket is and and Thanks to Matt Baker because he still sent us a layout for today. <laughs> the man doesn't rest. <laughs> he, he, he's on a mission. I love it. Um, I, I don't think he could help himself, but honestly, I was like, man, we haven't had to do this ourselves in a while. <laughs> it was It's perfect. What he sent us was great. So thank you, Matt. I really hope you're having a good time. He said he's he's watching the comedy show tonight on, on his cruise in the Caribbean. Um, and he also said his wife was giving him the side eye as he sent us this out <laughs> so at his own risk. We got this today. Uh, but first on the docket, captain and vice captain were announced. Roman Berkey is our captain. Tim Parker's our vice captain. Stuart, why don't you get us uh, kicked off with this one? What you thought? Well, it, it, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, so I was slightly surprised. I thought uh, Tim Parker was kind of the shoe-in as the captain. He's been a captain before. He knows Bradley. He's played with Bradley for a long time. He's he's a guy who's really well-respected around the league for his leadership. Um, but then also, you know, Roman Berkey, he's how many years of European experience does he have? He's played at the top level. He's played in the Champions League. Um, he's also a leader, so having both of those guys together as captain and vice captain, that's just, that's, I don't see that as a, as a bad combination in any means. I was a little surprised, but I, I think the team got this right. They were the ones who voted on it anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, and I think I was um, not in, I wasn't what most people thought, but I actually did think all along that Berkey was going to get it. Um, and maybe that felt weirder once I got to know Tim Parker. So I kind of agree with you in that regard um, because Manny's just such a natural. But um, Santiago, some really cool things were said about both of them in the presser. I have some, but I'll let you say what you remember. If you remember Lutz kind of talking about that or if you want to even share what you discussed with those guys today. Yeah, so so I was I was surprised to to be honest I was surprised too, and when uh, the news came out that it was Berkey, uh, I was uh, as a steward I was also expecting uh, Tim Parker to be the captain, um, but obviously Berkey won the armband um, on Saturday against Atlanta, and um, yesterday when I went to practice, um, he mentioned he has been a captain before uh, mm-hmm. when when he played in. Uh, in, in uh, Zurich in Switzerland, he, he was the captain. And um, I asked him like if um, it was difficult for a goalkeeper to be the captain since they are like on the other end. And 
was like, no, no, that's that's not a problem. And and you still have like a team out there. And uh, like today, like with with bar with bar and all those things, is it's not as difficult. So he wasn't he wasn't concerned. And um, and um, Bradley was asked if uh, if it wasn't common. Um, for a goalkeeper to be a captain, and he, he was like, "No, he's not." And he mentioned a bunch of good goalkeepers that have been captains. So, uh, but yeah, still, both of them great leaders. Um, last year, when when Berkey was training with City Two, um, <clears throat> with City Two, the other goalkeepers like just said great things about him that that he was. Um, a great leader and they were really happy about having him so i'm sure he will he's a great leader for for this team and just having a team team parker as a, as vice captain would be great too so so yeah i'm i'm not i'm not really concerned that um the goalkeeper is the captain and i'm sure he'll he'll be great yeah um it was really fun to hear it a, a few times in the presser with um lutz and bradley carnell um, you could hear them both give um, their view on the answer, and it was always very different. It, it seemed like Lutz had more practical, very, you know, well, Berkey's played all over the world. He knows what it takes to be a professional. And so, like, these very practical answers to why Berkey would be a, a good um, a good leader. Um, and it's so cool to hear Bradley Carnell's like a, a romance guy. Like, he, it speaks to me. Every time he talks, I'm like, I start feeling churchy <laughs> up in here. And, um and he's like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know that Berkey's a very um, kind person, that he's also a very, you know, generous person with his time and, and, his, and helping other players. And um, it was really awesome to hear that um, about Berkey because that kind of speaks to me as a person, too. Um, <clears throat> but I'll, ne- I'll also never forget, like, the first day we walked up, it was like one of the first days of training. I was with you, Santiago. And, and um, we watched Berkey walk over to us and we're like, are we going to get to talk to Berkey on the first day oh, yeah. in the train? Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, it spoke to me like he was. He was very kind. He was almost soft mannered in a way. But um, then he would say things like, you know, MLS players don't know how to work. It's different here than in Europe. And so he kind of also um, gave us some blunt, like these guys need to get better and very much a leadership kind of, of, of a thing. Mm-hmm. I like I like blunt leadership in a lot of people as well so those are the things that spoke to me about Berkey um that you know that the average person might not see naturally yeah yeah and uh also yesterday um we also had a chance to talk to uh, Miguel Perez and the two guys he mentioned uh were Berkey and, and Tim Parker as hmm. um he spoke great things about them and and he was asked like uh who are like some guys you look up to in the team and those were the two that the two that he referenced so um so yeah i think we're in great hands completely agree Stuart. any more thoughts before we move on uh no not on that but i think uh if we're moving over to the signing of miguel perez um that was a really exciting thing that happened this week. So many things happening this week. And honestly, it's, it's, it's crazy. I was looking at my phone just thinking about how it doesn't even feel real that in three days, this team that we've been excited about for, what, four years now, four and a half years, is actually going to start playing. 
Um, how how crazy is that? It's, it's been a long way, for sure. John Gasparoni, you know, broke down how many like days and weeks and minutes and seconds it's been since we were announced to the beginning or no to the start of the game, I think on Saturday. It's long. It's millions of seconds, I think. I can't remember, but oh, yeah, he broke it down like by days, weeks, uh, set, yeah, like uh, that that was cool. Jake, I think Jake's tweet about it was like felt very natural. I can't remember what it was, but it was like an old person <laughs> saying it's finally opening <laughs> opening day. Um, and I, I think it was the like, Titanic. Yeah, um, yeah it's been oh, four yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was perfect. Because um, it was even uh, just about two years ago this month that Carnell came on board, right? Yeah. Isn't that January twenty twenty one? Yeah, yeah. No, let's uh, see. It was 2022. It was 2022. Okay, but I think we were talking about that, Phil, in your in your house uh, during a episode. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's felt. There were many times during the two season where I'm like, man, I don't think Bradley minds, but like, what is like, poor guy doesn't get to be a leader, and that's what he kind of lives for. You know what I mean? Like, how weird is he? He's been around for that long without a team to coach, really. You know, I'm sure he was doing things, but still, that had to be hard. And he finally gets to coach. You know, gets to have a game on Saturday. That's amazing. Harder for them probably than us. Uh, but yeah, um, Miguel Perez is going to be part of that. That's that's huge. It's our second homegrown signing on the club, and um, we've been guessing who it might be. And you know, Miguel Perez was definitely in our top probably five guesses as as a podcast as to who might get signed and and some of that might have been um his talent alone which is more than worthy of being the second homegrown signing in st louis but also need right we needed more depth in the midfield in the central midfield role and looks like they trotted him out and gave him plenty of shots in preseason and it, and it sounds like perhaps he was worthy you know in that regard to be signed before the even the start of the first season these these slots are um, precious, you know, we don't just randomly sign a guy, you know, if you get too many, if we don't have enough slots, then, you know, need might be hindered in the future. A kid might get held back. There might be a roadblock. We don't want those things to happen. This is a major massive decision. And, um, I think it was the right one in my opinion. Um, enough for me though, uh, Santiago, you haven't weighed in on, on Miguel yet. Yeah, I know Miguel, a uh, great kid and great story. Like, uh, started, at the academy, scored the first goal for the U17 uh, team team when they started competing in 2021. And uh, I asked him yesterday if he thought in 2021 when when he joined the academy that he was going to be in this place. Two years later, he was like, "No, not really." But um, I have been working hard uh, because my goal has always to be a professional player and and that hard that hard work has paid off he was really excited but um very very humble guy like he works hard um not sure if you guys knew but i i found out yesterday he uh he's he's still in high school and um he's um finishing high school so it's exciting it's exciting to see it's a great story and also i know kaden glover also signed a, a homegrown contract but it's just great to see that we haven't even had a, a game in MLS and already two players from the academy 
have been signed as homegrowns with the team. But uh, but yeah, as Phil, as you were saying, Miguel had a lot of minutes in in preseason, and um, like a lot of a lot of those minutes were paired with Edward Leuven. So I'm sure he he has been learning a lot from Leuven, and I'm excited to see uh, where Miguel will slot in um, the game day um, lineup. Um, he'll probably see some time with City too, also, but. Um, but one thing to note, he was with the team on Saturday during that game against Atlanta, which um, I'm not sure if you guys knew, but uh, basically the team treated that game as a, as a like a, as a game, and uh, they only have a, a 20 20 player um, like a roster for the day, and and Miguel was one of them, and and he he was one of the substitutions. Uh, during the second half, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if we see him uh, see him at some point this weekend. Yeah, I mean the kid when we talked to him, he was calm, um, but he had confidence, you know, um, and humble. Just like you said, he seemed very humble, and it's just insane that he got you know scouted in in Boonville, not playing for the highest academy level in the United <laughs> States. I think he said ODP. I don't even know what that is. Do you guys know what that is? Or I might have it wrong. Um, but that level was yeah crazy. no he he was I thought he was Gallagher yeah he was called Gallagher oh okay but I don't yeah. think he was playing MLS next I don't think he was their top team I could be wrong on that um, but anyway you know credit to Lutz for for finding him there and um, he did say MLS next maybe he meant MLS next pro was a, bit, a step up for him he had took him some time to get used to it um, and so I kept being like did you have trouble here did you have trouble here I was like no. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I had to learn. Um, but man, it's just, he's confident and he's not in over his head. It doesn't sound like at least if it, if he is, he doesn't know it. Perhaps <laughs> it's been cool to, um, to get to know him today or to, to see what he's like today, I guess is a better way to say it. Yeah. He, uh, he was at Gallagher from seven to 14 and then he went to JB Marine. So I think that's what he was probably talking about when he was talking about the level change. Cause I don't think he played in MLS next before he came to City Academy. Oh, cool, yeah. Thanks for uh, clearing that up. Um, so, yeah, that's massive news. Miguel Perez, what do you guys think? Do you think – I think he's going to easily hit 400 minutes, and I – actually, I think I would put it over 800 by the end of the season if we don't sign any other midfielders. Wow, 800, yeah. At least 400 for sure, yeah. 800 is a little high, uh, isn't it? What do you think, Stuart? Uh, also see how our season goes. I mean, are you counting League's Cup and Open Cup in there? Uh, I think he yeah. gets time in Open Cup for sure. That's a really good point. And League's Cup, why not? You know, um, I've said it a million times, but um, Obed Vargas, right? The 16-year-old that played for the Sounders in CCL. If he can handle that, then I think uh, I think Perez can handle League's Cup too. Um, plus. I've been hearing some things about League MX. A lot of MLS players uh, talking smack on League MX lately about how it's a, a showy league and it's not as uh, physical. Um, I don't know if they mean athletic or what, um, but you know, a lot of MLS players starting to uh, feel like MLS is is on its way up in CCL. We'll see what happens though. You got to prove it on the field. For sure. Um, okay, moving on from Miguel. 
the away kit, right? We got to talk about that. I don't think you guys covered it in the last one. Um, so that was announced. We've been waiting on it for a long time. It's called the Spirit Kit, right? Um, don't want to get that wrong. Um, white or gray kit. So it's the stainless steel gray for the arch, um, which I really enjoyed. Some stripes on there, some very um, understated stripes, thin pinstripes. Uh, anything else? Oh, the piping, I think, makes it, right? The red trim really makes it stand out a lot more, the red and blue trim. Anything you guys think about that kit? I'm a big fan. I really like it. I think it's real simple and clean. That's my favorite thing. I was saying how I might end up wearing it more than the, the, the red shirt uh, for that yeah, reason. I, I, I like it too. Uh, very simple. Good thing it's not white. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and, and it has um, like also like some detail and some references uh, to the team and the city. So, so yeah, I, I like it. Um, I didn't buy it that day that I was at the event, but I'm sure I will end up buying it at some point. Stuart, what do you think? Yeah, eventually I think we all buy these. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now and I haven't seen it in person yet. I think one complaint I did hear was that the Purina logo is black and it doesn't match with the color accents on the collar and the sleeve um maybe something there but uh i think the pinstripes are good i mean the bar was set really high for mls kind of secondary kits uh that we've seen come out seattle had the bruce lee kit uh chicago had the confetti kit which has been kind of divisive uh, Minnesota had the North uh, uh, Aurora Borealis kit. Mm. So, and Timbers uh, had a really good one. DCU had their Cherry Blossom kit. I think we have a, a good kit. Uh, it's also really hard to measure up to all of those, but I think the club did a good job overall, and Adidas did a good job. And considering it has the old Adidas logo, we know this has been in the works for a, for mm. quite a while. Yeah, I was like to think that. What do you think? Three years ago, they had to put this kind of thing in. Is that what most people believe? I think it's eighteen month lead time oh, okay. for kit stuff. Is that I think that's what came out when Chicago Fire had their disastrous rebrand that they had to keep <laughs> it for eighteen months until until the next cycle where they could put things in yeah that's wild. yeah it's a really long process uh Stuart, you also uncovered another kit today that was a really fun roller coaster a really <laughs> fast fun roller coaster that ended soon but uh, still that was really cool because my only complaint was you know i would have loved to see a crazy yellow kit which would have been a lot of fun but still no complaints in that regard uh but you uncovered something today uh, well, I can't take credit. It was um, some of the known app people posted on uh, one of the Facebook groups, but they went to St. Louis dugout in a sh- uh, shop in South County mall. And they mm-hmm. saw a yellow kit with the Purina across the front and took a picture of it. And um, after some people dug around, it was discovered that it's the going to be the goalie kit. So that's what Berkey's going to be wearing this year. It's, the not quite electric yellow um but i do think an electric yellow secondary kit someday could be done and look really really good agree and if you can't have that as the second kit then 
goalkeeper kit makes a lot of sense. It was it was really nice to see the the highlighter pink uh, kits of the two teams, but yellow is 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 a good choice in this regard as well. So that'll be really cool. I might even I don't know I, I don't think I can pull off buying that, but I really kind of want to. <laughs> um, okay, the next one is a bit of a negative one. Lack of discussion. Um, about soccer. Uh, I did see a little bit about 101 talking about the Apple deal today, and it was a bit of a, of a negative implication on it being the way, uh, run the way that it is, which, you know, that is neither here nor there because that it's, it's a fine argument. Um, and at least they're talking about soccer. But overall, I think we all thought there would be at least one soccer show uh, on these on these brands and that perhaps they would be leading the forefront and trying to get the rights to the games and, and just pre-post-game kind of things. Like, it's been very scarce and very scant. And, yes, there is the the City Report knockoff, which everyone's been kind of calling it that. And, of course, we're going to jump on that, that bandwagon because of who we are. Um, but um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? It, it bothers me a lot that there hasn't been more because the buy-in from the fans is there. So you would think that radio and media would, would follow that. They would see the numbers of tickets being reserved and how it's impossible to get a ticket um, and how much the resale on those tickets is. Like, th There's all kinds of news to be talked about right now, and they're not really broadcasting much of it at all. Yeah, but I don't think there's a whole ton of media personalities necessarily on the radio or on TV here in St. Louis that are, I would consider super well-versed. Hmm in uh soccer i mean i know uh the morning after people are pretty popular uh but none of them like soccer none of them are interested so i mean if if you have no expertise in something if you're not comfortable talking about it you're gonna naturally just not do so and i think with 101 once uh michelle smallwin left um that kind of undercut there because um I, I don't listen to that show very much, but I was seeing a lot of reactions today about how 101 just isn't paying attention. And I mean, it's this is a huge phenomenon sporting wise in the city, and uh, they either need to get on board or they're going to be left behind. Yeah. What do you think, Santiago, before I have, I have a couple more questions to ask you guys about that? Yeah, so obviously they could be doing more. Um, on my way home today, I was listening to uh, 101 ESPN, and um, they, uh, I, I, I think they, I think that's what they said. I wasn't paying a lot of attention, but was once I heard St. Louis City, um, like I, I tried to uh, pay more attention. It sounded like they're gonna have some stuff this week like tomorrow and and um thursday and it sounded like there will be some coverage i didn't catch uh, what it was gonna be but um hopefully they will do more but yeah i think the problem is what what Stu is saying um maybe the talent they have um they are not interested in soccer um but hopefully they can they can resolve that because yeah there is a lot of appetite for um for, for soccer cover at soccer content so um hopefully they can figure that out do you guys think it is something that will just 
evolve naturally that perhaps someone will step up or, or maybe a random hire um, you know I, I noticed that Tom Timmerman just started like a video version of, of his stories doing kind of little short podcasty um, mm-hmm. YouTube kind of stuff um, which is amazing and so it's nice to see them expanding a little bit um, I know 550 is planning some big things that I don't want to spoil it for them, but at least we can hype them up that they're going to have a good go of it because I think it's been so scant everywhere else that they're going to, they're going to say, well, there's a massive hole and, and we're happy to fill it. Um, which I admire quite a bit, but do you guys think, is that it? Or, or do you think this is going to grow naturally going forward? Uh, I think it'll take a commitment from some of these stations to maybe, either hire and bring in talent or scour the local market for talent or to make an effort to educate people. MLS is not an easy league to become super accustomed to if it's if you're not familiar with the roster rules, with the salary cap rules, which are pretty convoluted. <laughs> um, yeah. So talking about some of those and just knowing what international slots are, you know, what supplemental slots are, or why the expansion draft doesn't matter in the same way. Um, there, there are a lot of media guys around the area who are great, and I don't want to discount anyone. Um, you know, Timmerman's great, Ben Fred's great. I think mm-hmm. Hawkman's going to really try and make an effort. Um, it, yeah, it. I hate hearing more talk about NFL in St. Louis than MLS right now. Oh my god! Yeah. NFL stabbed us in the back, and I don't want to hear about it ever. I mean, that league might as well be dead to me. We don't have a team, um, but we have an MLS team, and we have a lot of fans who are really, really excited about the MLS team. So let's let's hear those stories. Let's let's get that time on the radio. Yeah, I wonder if we're just waiting for you know, someone who becomes a St. Louis soccer legend or who already is perhaps to come to town and, and retire and take that leading role. I mean, to me, that feels very organic for St. Louis that that's what they're going to end up waiting for. I mean, Tim Parker could become a legend in the next three years and just go straight to the radio, right? And he'd probably kill it, you know. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> um, you, are, you are already retiring him? What was that about? <laughs> like five years from now, right? <laughs> After he makes his triumphant return to USMNT for the World Cup. That's that's the next one. It'll be Tim Parker and Tim Ream, the two Tims, leading oh, USMNT to the World Cup final. <laughs> what do you think, Stuart? I don't think Tim Ream's going to be retired in five years. I don't either. Uh, I think he's going to be going strong. He's just getting better and better. So I think in five years, Tim Ream will be starting for, uh, well, for Fulham as they go for their back-to-back uh, Champions League title. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. But I mean, Tim, they're going to Europe this year, This year, it looks like. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm still honestly counting down to 40 points safety. I love it. Um, I'm, I'm still not accepting that, but. No, t- uh, Reem's done an awesome job on his podcast with, um, is that Steve Slosinger? Slinger? Um, but he, he has a lot of really cool interviews. They interviewed uh, Christian Pulisic. I think they've done McKenney recently. Um, St. Louis's own Josh Sargent. So that's a good podcast to check out. 
No, I have to check it out. I've been meaning to. I mean, the guy is genuinely comes across as like such a good guy, and I, at this point, you have to believe he is, right? Yeah, and that's the indirect podcast, and it's on Apple and Spotify. I guess they have it on Audible now as well. Uh, Steve Slanger, he's a former FIFA official from St. Louis. Mm. So, oh yeah, sweet. That's so cool. I didn't realize the other guy was a St. Louis guy too. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, that's that's something to look forward to. And last thing, just kind of end on maybe a positive note. Um, I noticed that Brian Weigel, who's a, a Cincinnati guy, um, <clears throat> noticing that the newspaper that Tom was doing that video podcast and or YouTube kind of thing, and he thought that was really incredible that you know, such a big newspaper, um, such a big media outlet in St. Louis was taking the time to do that. And maybe he's got a really good point. Maybe we have it a little better than we think. Uh, and mm-hmm. maybe somewhere, somewhere like Cincinnati even um, doesn't give their their uh, MLS team enough time either in the big outlets. So uh, maybe this is normal. Maybe we need to ask our friends. And maybe that's something we can talk more about on another podcast. Yeah, well, just to think about for Team Page, um, especially on Sunday... Um, that was great by the Post-Dispatch. And uh, from what Tom was saying, they sold a lot of ads and um, there is a lot of interest in his pod- in his podcast. So, um, so yeah, maybe it will take time and uh, we will see uh, some additional coverage from the radio stations. Uh, but, yeah, I think that will evolve and hopefully we'll, we'll get more. And sorry, one last thing. You mentioned Tom. I talked to him today um, more than I usually do. Um, <laughs> he's so nice. Um, but he was saying, because I complimented him on the video, and he said, well, it's great. You know, he's like, we're just like, we're trying everything, and we have such, like, exact um, numbers on who joins and when and why and what they're watching. So, like, in that regard... Um, if that disappears, it's probably because St. Louisans aren't watching it. Um, and mm. so it's it's on us to some degree, especially when it comes to them. So um, they are putting a good foot forward, and um, we need to try to support them in that as much as possible. And I think we can all agree Tom's doing a great job. So um, why not why not support him and the paper? Yep. Um, go ahead. Absolutely. Oh, and uh... – Steve uh, in indirect podcast is not from St. Louis. He wasn't a ref, so my bad. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh. <laughs> there, there is a St. Louis ref that's gotten really high in FIFA, though. So I thought maybe it was him. So mm. obviously, well, hey, at least at least you rectified while you were on air. Yeah, well done. Well done. Great, great comeback. Well done. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Austin, um, and we'll and then we'll talk about the starting eleven. And then we'll get out of here. But uh, speaking of Austin, we got to start with Kip Keller, right? Kip Keller, a St. Louis, St. Louis, a SLU guy, Scott Gallagher guy, St. Louis FC guy. Um, he played for the senior team with them. Um, got drafted by Austin last year. Started the first several games. Um, got a few yellow cards as well, um, and then a slight injury, and then never quite made that starting return. Um, and so that's something to watch. He hasn't been a starter in, in preseason that we've found that we've noticed, um, but he did sub into the last game that I caught, at least um, that I followed on Twitter. Um, so rooting for Kip Keller, going to be playing him perhaps on on Saturday in our um, season opener, not home opener, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, going to play Austin. Um, 
relatively new to the league as well, and they've been on a journey. Uh, what do you guys think about Austin and perhaps what the game's going to look like on Saturday? So I know uh, there was some uh, bad feelings uh, a few weeks ago uh, when um, Hackman Huck, uh, was comparing um, St. Louis to Austin or like trying to to find an angle there uh, just because of what happened what happened when when Austin um, basically relocated to from Columbus to Austin but um, the one thing uh, when and when I look at Austin and what they have done um, the one thing if you look at it just from that point forgetting about the ownership and anything like that like they were really bad in year one and then um, year two uh, obviously they were one of the best teams in the Western Conference and, and part of that and and um, the the person I had today on my show he was basically talking about that he was like the team for 2022 the base was the same guys that played in in 2021 and he said yeah that there were just some like the first season there were like a lot of um problems with egos and things like that and that they got their their things together and and started to improve obviously uh bringing um sebastian drusi at the like in the middle of the 2021 season also um helped the team although it took him a while to uh to adjust to mls and then um obviously we know what happened in 2022 but just from that standpoint st louis like yeah like new the new kids on the block and um if we let the process if we respect the process and if st louis competes this year maybe we could see something like what austin uh, did last year like in a couple of years or next year but but yeah i think part of it is is respecting that process and, and letting the coaches work um carnell um kind of alluded to that today and he even mentioned uh, re- promotion and relegation he was like well there's no relegation here so we don't have like pressure to play and um and then uh Lutz alluded like yeah it is a process um so from that standpoint like yeah like it'll be great if the guys compete and I think they will but this the it's a process it's gonna it's gonna take time um but back to uh the game um obviously austin um they had a great season last year and um it's uh it's gonna be a, a tough game but everybody in the team seems really confident that they can compete toe-to-toe with any of the mls teams so it'll be interesting to see uh what happens on saturday I will be um, very happy if uh, the team comes back uh, with a tie. Yeah, me too. A lot of good stuff you had in there, Santi. I, I was shocked that Carnell said that phrase, that he was like, oh, you know, the pressure's off because there's no relegation. He literally phrased it like that. I thought it was so funny and a bit bold to say, really. Um, but um, it's true. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> Stuart, what do you think, man? Yeah, expectations are high for Austin this year. Um, 
I saw the MLS power rankings that the league media put out ranked them third this year, I believe. So personally, I, I would be very happy to have a trajectory of the first few years that Austin's going through right now. Yeah. Um, not that I want a rough first season, but you know, Austin, as much as I absolutely hate pre-court and think he's a terrible person, um, and that could be a 60-minute episode on its own. <laughs> cursing at him. Uh, they, the Los Verdes uh, supporters are great. They're very enthusiastic. Q2 is a fantastic stadium. Uh, very tough to play in. Um, but this is also going to be the first ever match for City, and you have to imagine the players are going to be up for it. Uh, they're, they know it's a mon- monumental first game, first day, that they are treading on untrodden ground. So I think we can surprise people. I would be very help- happy with a draw as well. Um, but what a statement it would be if, you know, Klaus could score, or Nico could oh. score in the 88th minute to, uh, <laughs> to pull out a win just out of nowhere. But um, that's what I'm thinking right now and trying not to imagine, you know, losing 4-1 because our press got beaten mm. four times. <laughs> the so, yeah. So last year, Austin's home opener, Austin 5, Cincinnati FC 0. So mm. hopefully we won't see anything like that. Uh, but no, I, I'm confident. Um, I think our guys will compete. And for Austin, one thing is last year they didn't have any pressure. This year, the pressure is on them. So yeah. we'll true. see. That's true. I mean, yeah. And that was the good thing about what Carnell said is we really do have nothing to lose. It's our first year. And I, I actually overheard Bill McDermott talking about, you know, two zero lead being the most dangerous lead. He, and he was kind of talking about coaching a team. And he's like, if you're losing one zero and you're not playing with heart and you're, and you're out there playing scared, then I've screwed up as a coach. And I thought that was really a, a good point. Um, and one to take on to being an expansion team. I mean, what do we have to lose? Everyone thinks we're going to be last in the league. So either we can fulfill their, their prediction or we can impress some people and so why not I, I love that um and yeah I, I agree with you guys that austin is you know a good team on a, on a good trajectory moving forward learning from their mistakes clearly right um that's the one thing that Lutz said um in the thing about how austin had one style of play in the first year and then they kind of completely went another direction and I've really loved the way they play. It really reminds me of SLU. I think if any MLS play uh, team plays like SLU, it's like Austin. Um, so I don't know if that's true, but to me, like the way they they kind of break um, when they know the, the the counter is on, or if it looks like they have an opening, uh, they they look for those openings and they move fast once they start. And I really enjoy watching that. Um, and it doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily a mismatch against us um, like some other teams might be. Like Minnesota, you know, seems to have our number in that regard. And I think MLS-wise, that's that's true still. So um, anyway, uh, I'm excited about this game. Nothing to lose. Love everything you guys are saying. I, I completely agree. Um, any last thoughts on Austin, or should we, should we move on to the starting 11? Before we move to the starting 11, one of our listeners wants oh, to know why is Stu Ostrak's number one fan? 
This is Rono uh, underscore Jar. Rono Jar. Thanks for the question. <laughs> no, I'm just really excited about Tomas Ostrak. I think he's uh, he's a great talent. Uh, he was really impressive with City 2 last year in the games he played. Uh, the chemistry he had with Isaac um, out there was great. He's, I think he's really flying under the radar nationally. Um, but, I mean, you can't blame a lot of these MLS pundits for not knowing, you know, someone who's hasn't played and been on the major limelight of, uh, of the international stage. So I, I think by week five or six, we'll start getting some articles about, about Ostrak and um, uh, how he's a player who's really a mover and shaker. And hopefully we'll have him for a few years, but uh, I've heard a while ago that he might, I mean, if, if these guys do as well as you hope they do they they usually don't, stick around for right years. right and um i forgot what i was gonna say uh oh um i agree with you and i actually think he's going to surprise this league and uh just a little nugget for you guys when i talked to him today i asked him about this his expectations for this year's for this year and he mentioned the word playoffs. So mm -hmm. I really like that, that he has that confidence and that he thinks that the team will be in the playoffs. So great for him. It really is. That's exciting. Uh, I love that. Yeah. He's, uh, I think he's, he's definitely the one I'm most exciting, excited to see be successful. I mean, I think Blom is a close second for me in that regard, but... Ostrak, I think, you know, the word's not out on him yet. Like, you know, doing MLS Aces, and he didn't seem to know that much about Ostrak. I was like, it's still true. Like, the word is still not out on Ostrak, and I'm so <laughs> happy about that. And um, Lutz, too, said that about the entire t team, where he was like, um, you know, it looks like every power ranking has us last. He's like, good. <laughs> He's like, I want them to underestimate us. This is great. So, you know, that's that's kind of the... It, that's the uh, laminator story for our year, I guess. Is you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> Expect nothing from us. I hope we surprise you. I like that that mentality. Um, yeah, for uh, for people not aware, I believe it was uh, Austin FC was predicted to finish what with the wooden spoon last year. Was that it? Yes. I, or, think, it was, I think it was like twelve or thirteen. It was it was really low, but. They yeah. use that as, as bulletin material to um, motivate the team, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, and when they made the playoffs, they sent laminated copies to Tom <laughs> yeah. Bogart, is that it? And, and Andrew Wiebe and some of those guys. So, uh, yeah, it's it's become kind of an inside joke when people talk about laminating. Um, yeah, but I, I wish these lists could just have a not-ranked um, yeah. level for St. Louis because we are just such an unknown ranking us is almost unfair because who knows? I mean, a lot of question marks. We could be really good. We, who knows? We could struggle. Yeah. I'd say if, if we don't know, I mean, who does, I, I don't know if any of the pod, you know, any of the podcasts in St. Louis, like if all the nerdiest of the nerds don't really know how we're going to do, then, you know, who, who can say at that point? So, 
there's that. Um, but yeah, like, like, speaking, you know, of Ostrock, and um, I think we all like to kind of talk about where he's going to play, and he's one of the ones, the movers and shakers that. I mean, I don't know if it matters where he plays, but he does move around from the wing to kind of centrally. Um, and so um, I think we're going to talk about who we think might be the starting 11 um, on the first day. And I think we'll start with um, the Matt Baker lineup, which is basically what the lineup was, I believe, for that um, Atlanta United game. And it does seem like this might be the starting 11 that they go with on opening day, no matter what we think. Um, so let's start with that as, as, a, as a ground level. Berkey and Nett, Nielsen on left at left back, Hebert and Parker centrally, Nerwinski on the right, and mid uh, the double pivot being Leuven and Blom, the attacking three under the strikers Stroud, Ostrak and Alm, and then Klaus up top. Um, first of all, let's just get this out of the way. Hebert seems to be our starting center back in this lineup. And I don't think two years ago, any of us would have suspected that. And so I just want to make sure we get that out of the way. Hebert looks to be our starting center back on day one in MLS. The two, uh, the city two captain, the one who played all but like four minutes in the entire season. I, I talked to him about it today. Um, it's so cool to see that that happened. The man got That's a chance a, yeah. and he's delivering. That's amazing. It's an amazing story. And yeah, I was going to ask you if you had a chance to, ta to talk to him because I didn't. Uh, but yeah, it's a great story. And uh, I'm excited about seeing him start if he ends up starting. And I think he he will do very well. But it's a great story. Uh, he, uh, when he was in college, he, he had a couple of big injuries. He missed a couple of seasons. And then uh, when he was back, um, like basically, he did really well and ended up coming to City Two. And as you said, he was the the Iron Man. Uh, if it had not been that uh, that uh, by a substitution that probably wasn't needed, and I'm sure Hacker wasn't talking about the record or anything like that, he will have played every minute during the season. But uh, it's great, and, and yeah, it is obviously uh, part of it is because. Nilsson um, is out with with his injury, but that's that's a testament of that um, ne next man up. Um, and um, Kyle Heaver is is taking that opportunity to to show his deserving of playing in MLS. And and uh, imagine if he does like really really well, then the team will not be in a rush to um, bring Nilsson back and. Then it will actually become in, in a group, good problem for Bradley to have because um, he will have multiple options. Um, one thing, uh, very quick, we, we didn't talk about this when we were talking about captain and vice captain. Um, when we were in the presser today, I asked about Nilsson. Uh, one thing I didn't know is that even though he's recovering from injury and he's not training, he's part of that leadership council and he's perceived as, as one of those leaders of the team just because he he has played uh, in Germany and has so much experience uh, so hopefully he will he will recover by that May timeline and and we will see him uh, with the team soon but uh, I didn't know he was part of that leadership council Stu any thoughts on Hebert or the starting 11 yeah well they they mentioned in that article that yeah Hebert is the rotational member of that leadership council with when Nielsen's not present, Hebert steps in. 
And how perfect is that? And how apt is that for, you know, the actual starting 11 where Nielsen's out and Hebert's stepping in? It's it's the dream, and I'm sure what they sold all of those guys who signed for City 2 on last year is what Hebert's experiencing now. Um, guy from college goes to City 2, and he gets his chance to prove himself for an MLS contract, and he does, and he signs, and now he, due to, well, an unfortunate in- injury, but he's he's ready and he's prepared, and uh, he's going to debut in the MLS, and it's, it's incredible. Well, he has an extremely tough task ahead of him facing Austin's attacking lineup. They're, they're a very, very good team. Mm. Um, but with, you know, Tim Parker marshalling the line and uh, Roman Berkey behind him, um, he's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, and and honestly, too, we shouldn't push this too hard on because uh, John Bell is is back healthy, and so it's not guaranteed that Hebert will start. You know, I think John Bell just came back this week, right? Santiago, we talked about. Yeah, that. yeah, he he just came back to um, to training this week. So, so I think it will be Hebert this week, uh, but maybe when when John Bell is at a hundred percent, there may be a a competition for for that spot, but. If if Hebert does great this weekend, I think he he will learn that spot for now, and I think uh, John Bell will will have to show a lot to uh, take that spot from him. But but yeah, I I just love this story. It's great to see uh, a City Two guy um, in the starting eleven. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of thoughts there too because. Um, you also think about Yaro, who we thought that was going to be our guy. He thought maybe he'd be our third center back um, starting this season. And so looks like he may be starting with the two teams, some surprises, some some sad thoughts in that regard as well. But, um, you know, that's MLS. That's pro team. Um, the other thing, on, on a lighter note, um, <laughs> I'm, I always forget he's Canadian uh, because he went to Missouri State. I just automatically <laughs> think he's a Missourian. Um, and so he corrected me when I talked to him. Um, but I clearly had been thinking about that a lot in the past. It just slipped my mind in the moment because you think about what Alistair Johnson has, Johnston has been able to do with Nashville and then Montreal in about like three seasons, right? Coming out of college, if I'm not mistaken, um, just moved to Celtic and is in, you know, a dead on starter for the first 11 for Canada, um, in multiple positions. So, um, I was like, do you dream about the Canadian national team? And like, do you feel like it's within your grasp, like one or two good seasons? Like you could be like, they're weak at center back. You could slip right in there. He's like, I'm not gonna lie. Like it's been, uh, something I've dreamt about since I was like five or something. So, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad a chance you, you had, a, I'm glad you had a chance to talk to him, um, uh, because I, I had something like that in my notes. So I'm glad you were able to, to ask him that, but. Well, I you tri- never I, know. Like, I tripped all over myself because I got the Missouri thing wrong. So I'll 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 I'll, I'll uh, post that with all the embarrassing thoughts as well. Wait, but, so, so so what did you get wrong? Like, uh, what? I think I said like, is it cool to to be like a, the Missouri guy in St. Louis? Oh I don't know what I no! So he had to correct me. It's really it's really. Uh, like, what, what are you talking about? I'm Canadian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was very kind. He was extremely kind about it. But, 
um, it was still a fun conversation. So anyway, we've, we've been really dwelling on Hubert, but any other thoughts about the starting 11, maybe first subs? Um, and then, you know, we'll talk perhaps about who we think. I guess we already talked about that. Who do you guys think the first subs will be? Because Matt thinks Vasilev will be like the dead on first sub. Um, we talked about a few others in the show today. Uh, I think it de- depends on the need. If we're, I, I'm still a little surprised to see if Bloom starts. I know he hasn't had a full preseason, um, but if the team's confident, he's able to go 90. He's certainly the preferred partner for that double pivot with Eleven. Uh, I mean, Vasilev makes sense. Maybe if we're up, you know, four nil. At the 60th minute, we see we see Miggy make its debut to run out there for a few minutes. Uh, maybe maybe Bell, if we're up, gets mm-hmm. subbed in for some more defensive support. Um, I like that. I think Vasilev is 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 a good safe bet though for sure. What do you think, Santiago? I think we're also gonna see Celio. Mm, I like he, that. He came in as a sub on Saturday uh, for uh, Rasmus Alm. And um, the 25, 30 minutes he was on the field, he he showed great things uh, on the right wing. And um, I think it's a good option. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. And I think... Miguel will also get some minutes. I don't necessarily think the games needs to be uh, out of hand for him mm-hmm. to come. So um, I think people may be surprised. I agree with all because... of those, including you, Stu. Um, actually, on Bloom, I think he'll start because I do think he's going to be vital to our system. Um, you know, with John Bell, I was talking about, I was like, we know the system puts you guys out on an island that you got to be mobile he's like thanks for saying that because it's definitely true um and so i do think blom's important on um, protecting against counterattacks, and i think he'll start no matter what um but he made it pretty clear today when i talked to him that he it, it's taken him time to get used to the pace and the physicality mm-hmm. um, and so i think he's running more even perhaps than he expected and it, he sounds like he's getting used to it um, but maybe they'll sub him out at 60 minutes if, if he's not full 90 healthy. Yeah, yeah. But I do think he, he's, he's needed to be started, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I see him like starting and maybe 60, 60, 65 minutes he will come out. But yeah, he mentioned the same thing to me, that okay. he was still not um, where, like, not at his like full fitness. Um, but he, he said, I'm working working on it uh, i'll get there but yeah he he's not i don't think he'll play 90 minutes so so that's where we may see indy or we may also see miguel um so joe keeney you said he was out with a knock or something but he's but he's back do you think he could he, in? he was back today yeah he he was he was back um yeah he could be a, another option at sub obviously since he was out um, like on, on Saturday. He wasn't one of the 20 players um, that were on the roster for the game, mm-hmm. uh, but it was because um, he was out. Uh, nothing, nothing serious. He just got a got a knock um, last week, but he was out there um, back um, 
full in full practice playing. So, so yeah, I think he could be a, a great option um, at that striker position, or even if if the team wants to play with with two or like with him, like right behind uh, behind uh, Klaus. Um, so yeah, he could be a, another great option, like for the end of the game, like the the last. 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Did you need some fresh legs? Yeah, uh, I think the last thing I want to ask you, Santi, um, I haven't gotten to see much of Alm in this preseason, and I have no idea what he's what he's like on the field. Do you have any kind of a, maybe a small uh, scouting report for us on what Alm looks like when he's playing? So I haven't seen much. Obviously, since none of those preseason games were <laughs> streamed, and uh, we missed all of that. Um, but I have seen him uh, in practice, and I saw him on Saturday uh, on the right wing, and and yeah, he um, he uh, what I saw, he's he's really good at at pressing. On Saturday, he actually recovered a couple of balls like uh, outside of the box, and um, he um, he tried to uh, to shoot it from there, but uh, both times it ended up hitting an Atlanta player, but uh, but no, I really like um, when he was defending and pressing, I I really like what I saw, and he also um, had some good moments on, on offense, so so I think he's, he's a solid uh, player for that starting right wing, but I could also see Celio getting in there like uh, 65, 70 minutes. Um, last week, uh, Celio actually went in for for Rasmus Alm, so we'll probably see that substitution too. Yeah, and, and I realized I typed Nielsen when I meant to put in Nelson for John Nelson, the left back. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I heard you, but I knew what you meant. Um, <laughs> yeah, John Nelson. But that leads me to, Stuart, we've, we've talked a lot about expecting Pedro to start and some of the things he had trouble with with the two team and that Nelson's been surprising. So do you think Pedro could be someone we sub in late to try to get some more offense on the left side yeah i think pedro's uh strong suit is certainly what he brings to the field offensively um we saw the absolute banger of a goal he had last year for city two against chicago fire two but he does seem to get be a bit of a risk to be caught up high on the field um but he's probably that guy you want to bring on i i think Celio could also be a left wing back if need be mm. late in the game when you need to kind of jumpstart uh, some offense. Um, yeah, no, P- Pedro would be a good one as well. Um, it, it's, I'm, I'm sure we're going to look back at some of these uh, predictions and kind of <laughs> laugh in, in six months. I, I, mean, I thought Pedro was honestly uh, going to be the bang on starter. Um, but this preseason, I think Nelson's kind of taken that over. Yeah, I, I'm going to record. I'm going to save this these notes actually, and we'll at the end of the season we'll go back and look at them. <laughs> are, are you going to laminate them? Oh yeah, yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> it can be our it can be our like big thing. We're like everyone's underestimating Flyover Footy, and now look at us. <laughs> I don't know what that would be, but um. Very cool, guys. Um, we got our first uh, show, our first uh, first opening day game around the corner here on Saturday. Any final thoughts that you might have? It's yeah, like it's been a long wait. 
and it's finally here. I don't I don't even know what to say at this point. And Stuart, do you have any it, thoughts? It's not going to feel real until that ball kicks off. Yeah. I mean, pe- I, everyone I know is talking about uh, where they're going to watch the the first match, the first away match. Some people are going to the Armory, Nine Mile Garden, Betha's. Mm-hmm. Um, Amsterdam has come up. I'll be at Schlafly Taproom. But even with people talking about it, it, it doesn't quite feel real yet but once it kicks off once i mean for the people who are in austin it's going to feel real a lot earlier than (laughs) for me but once once that kickoff happens it's gonna uh, you know have a switch will flip in my head and matt will be there right matt will be in austin i think yeah yeah right from his cruise um he's gonna fly to austin on on saturday um if I remember correctly, he has like a, when he gets to Austin, it's going to be like four or five hours before um, game time. So hopefully uh, he doesn't have any delays or anything like that. And he's able to <laughs> to make it. <laughs> delays. Santiago, what are, what are your kind of final thoughts before uh, Saturday's game? You'll be studying up, man. I mean, you, you're going to be probably all ready to go. Yeah, yeah, I, I already started doing that and have been uh, watching some of um, the highlights from Austin from last year. Uh, I guess one complaint for me is that there are no full games, but um, at least from the highlights, I can identify some of the players and kind of see some of the things they do. But no, very, very excited. Obviously, um, obviously, um, I'll be here. I'll be uh, at the studios of KSOK uh, doing the game from there. So, um, you know, one side of me is bummed that I won't be in Austin watching the team. Um, but the other side is excited about what's to come and calling the games. Really exciting for me. Yeah. And hearing you guys talk about it, it just brought a few things to mind for me personally. I'll give you guys one more chance to say anything else too, but I think my closing thoughts would be that I'm really glad that we got that Bayer Leverkusen um, friendly because even sitting in that stadium for, you know, two hours and even running into people I see, you know, I used to see at St. Louis FC games, it still felt like it was in a different city. It felt like what I felt when I would see us play like Kansas City in their stadium in the Open Cup. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it still didn't feel like we were in St. Louis at that moment. It felt like I was transported to another place um, because it's just like such a perfect stadium. It's beautiful. It's it's just too perfect. You know, I, it's it's a new experience for me. And I think it's going to take a while for that to become normal. But I do think the more memories we create there, the more that's going to become the new normal. We're, we're spoiled out of our minds, guys. We have such a, a great... Um, it's just being built right. You know what I mean? It, we don't have to win. We can lose like crazy to Austin. We can place last in, in the season in the league this year. Um, and I still have faith that they have started this off the right way that they have the community in mind, which is really number one for me personally. And um, I'm really thankful for that. And so, yes, I'm excited for those experiences that we're going to get this year, but I'm most thankful for just having such a good foundation for game one already. And so um, those are my 
kind of final thoughts anything else yeah, hey, for you guys yeah we one last thing we didn't talk about but we should talk about is this um rumor or i think it's probably happening uh, based on what i saw uh uswnt coming to <laughs> st louis in april <laughs> Talk about being transported. That's going to feel weird too, isn't it? <laughs> that's massive news. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Santiago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the first national team game that's going to be played in St. Louis. And honestly, it makes so much sense. I think we had more support for the women's national team than for some of the other teams that have come into town. So, um, you know, St. Louis loves them some women's soccer, and I'm so glad that I think they'll get a really good game here in St. Louis. Yeah, very, very exciting for sure. Um, obviously, they will be in full preparation for the World Cup. So it'll be great um, great to um, see um, the women playing um, at City Park. And um, it will be like between a home game. So uh, that's also kind of a perfect um, time to do it. So very exciting for, for St. Louis and the national team fans. Stuart, you were most excited about this, I think, out of all of us. Oh, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I saw that gap in the schedule um, a while back, early January, and compared it up with the uh, women's international windows, and it just made made a lot of sense. Uh, but I believe this is going to be the last U.S. women's game before the World Cup, or there is there one more window coming up afterwards? Um, uh... But, but we're getting down to the wire, and uh, Captain yeah. Becky Sauerbrunn gets to gets uh, to play at home. Mm-hmm. She'll get to captain at home, and hopefully she'll get to score her first uh, U.S. goal at home. That would be amazing uh, because Lori Chalupny scored in St. Louis against New Zealand in 2015, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, 2014, and that was really exciting. That was that long ago. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Great. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I'm so glad we get to do this podcast um, in such a, a, a massive moment in soccer history in St. Louis. So thanks for being me, with me for it. We'll be hitting you guys up after uh, that game for sure. I think we're going to try to do one next week. Um, I have a ton of content to be pushing out, hopefully in little bits throughout the week. Um, Santiago got lots of interviews today too. So I imagine Lead Air Sports is going to have a, a lot to say and, and do this. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be posting some of that content too uh, over the next two or three days. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening and, and joining us on this uh, awesome, incredible journey. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye.